Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble, even though I'm going to tell you it is a main narrative that we have to try to overcome every day. But that's why I have the experts here on the Raw Dog Food Truth, like fabulous, wonderful Dr. Judy Jasek. How are you on this Friday morning? Oh, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing good. And I didn't, I didn't get to tell you this pre-show, but um, we got another potential space for our little practice. So we might be, might be moving on or moving well, moving out of our current space in the same area here, but. Okay. Well, that's, that was the main question I had. It was where, where was it? I was like, are you moving to Montrose or moving away so far away? I can't see you or what's happening. So that's good. Not not yet. Not yet. We gotta, we gotta, but we got a potential clinic space. So we'll, we'll see. We got some questions to ask and more things to investigate, but uh, you know, Life's moving on. Um, how about doing spays and neuters on unvaccinated dogs? Might you be doing that soon? Well, I don't know about soon, but the space that we looked at, it used to be a vet clinic. So it has all the spaces that we would need to do um, different things. So it needs work. So, you know, it would be a, a process getting everything all equipped and everything, but there's the space for it. And it's, a, it's just very reasonably priced because I think it's been vacant for a while. So it's, you know, kind could be kind of a diamond in the rough. So we got some things to think about. The realtor is going to ask the landlord some questions for us. And, um, but it, because it used to be a vet clinic, it's got, we don't have to do a ton of, you know, new build out or anything. We can, nice. you know, co- cosmetic stuff. It's old, but it's got the basic, you know, the rooms are arranged right and all that stuff, which is huge. You know, we move into a space and you got to put up a bunch of walls and everything. And it takes a lot of time and you got to, you got to ask so many people for permission. You have to get the blessing of the architect. And then you have to find a contractor that the landlord likes and yada, yada, yada. You know, it's, it can be pretty convoluted. So the less we have to do, if it's more cosmetic stuff, the easier it'll be to get that done. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Man, you know, it is scary that uh, we're having to ask more and more uh, permission in everything that we do. And um, all eyes are on California right now where they're trying to pass the bill that would basically make the people who are telling the truth and trying to get information out criminals, right? So uh, calling it disseminating uh, information right? The bill which states that some of the most dangerous propagators of inaccurate information about the C-19 jab are licensed uh, healthcare professional. Uh, They're going to declare that to be unprofessional conduct. Very frightening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just taking away free speech. I mean, what what is medicine if practitioners cannot express their opinions, share their, share their experiences. You know, a lot of this information is just doctors saying, you know, this is what I've seen in my practice. And, you know, people come in that, 
you know, maybe had the shot or had these certain set of circumstances. This is what I'm seeing. And they can't even talk about that. It's like, you just know they don't want this information getting out. They don't want people talking about this. Well, why not? They're just sharing their experiences, but now we just can't talk about that. That That is really scary. Well, we are tumbling into communism fairly fast. No. Uh, it's like a dog, uh, you know, in a boiling pot of water, right? Just turn it up slowly. And on the Physicians for Informed Consent, Physicians for Informed Consent on its website, it has an image of a physician with duct tape over her mouth, accompanied by the statement, quote, if AB 2098 passes, I won't be able to tell you what I really think. So why even mm. ask your doctor what they think if they're being told what to think? Yeah. Frightening. Frightening yeah. because all of that moves over into pet health as well. And I think, as you've said many times, it's all the same. <laughs> it's all the same. Oh, the medicine. Yeah. It's, a, it's all the same industry and it's really the same narrative. Um, you know, it's, it's, and it's, and it's all about profit and it's about fear. Like let's like, they want the, they meaning the corporations that really run our world, like politicians don't run our world. It's the, well, probably the banks, actually the corporations and the banks, the ones controlling the money are the ones that really are controlling our lives. And you know, they, they want to make money. They want to make money selling vaccines and selling pharmaceuticals. They, they really don't want us to be healthy, bottom line, because there's way more money in keeping us sick. And it's the same for our pets. You know, I mean, my goal is I, I'd love to get, you've been seeing a lot of puppies lately and it's, it's just so much fun just to see these young pups come in and we can just get them off to a great start and get them on a great raw diet and not do too many vaccines. And, you know, I love to send them out the door and not see them, you know, for a couple of years or people bring them once a year for a checkup, but they're, but they're good. And people know how to keep their pets healthy and guarantee you these puppies that are eating kibble and get a bazillion vaccines. They're in and out of the vet all the time. They're going to have itchy skin or diarrhea or all these symptoms, you know, related to that. And that, that is considered the norm. Um, just, you know, helping pets be healthy or doctors helping people be healthy, sending them out the door, empowering them to maintain that health on their own. That's, that's a foreign concept in medicine. Well, I tell you, it's uh, the narratives are strong still. And as long as you and I have been doing this, we still hear them and we wonder, you know, how in the world that the people are, are uh, buying into it, but they do. I got a, um, speaking of puppies, an email this morning from a gentleman who um, was, is, is uh, picking up their puppy this, this weekend. So they ordered the puppy power. However, in the meantime, um, his doctor, and his vet said, because you are immune compromised and your son is immune compromised, you cannot absolutely under no circumstances feed a raw diet to your dog. So I, you know, my response was this, um, happened to talk to you about maybe the vaccinations and the ones, um, those, you know, viruses. You know, what did they think about that for an immune compromised person or. Yeah. And, and what is, and what is immunocompromised too? Right. Like, define that that's become this whole big, like buzzword. What, what does that mean? Like, well, what, if you, what does if that you mean? 
Right. And if you look up, and that's a good question. Are we talking about you can't walk outside? You have to live in a bubble. And if you live in a bubble, you're going to die because you have to have bacteria. So, um, you know, if you look at immunocompromisation, that's a, I said it, it's a big word, Dr. Jasek. I got that one. It's a pretty it's a big good. word. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, is a state in which the immune system's ability to fight infectious diseases and cancer is compromised or entirely absent. Now, this is what Wikipedia says. Um, if you look at um, other definitions of immune compromised, it basically says your immune system doesn't work as well as it should. Now, I've heard this statement many times, and I think I've heard it from Neely many times. She says, anybody that's had a vaccine, any dog that's had a vaccine is immune compromised. They've, 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 their immune system probably doesn't work as good as, as it could have before we injected some very powerful and damaging things into our body. Now, um, but the question is this, I mean, you're right. How immune compromised are you? And I tell you, one of the most confusing things that I that I heard during the big uh, C19 thing was, I'm immune compromised, so I need my vax. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking to myself, how does that make sense? If you're in a compromised position, you put something else in your body that compromises your immune system even more. How, how does that make sense? Right. Right. It doesn't make any sense. I, I've never understood that either. And they push that that narrative with that vaccine that the people that are most vulnerable to getting sick, the elderly, and then they worked all the way down to, you know, young children, but it was elderly, immunocompromised, um, you know, people with other health conditions. Oh, need to need to get it. I remember um, when my brother saying that about my mom, like, you know, oh, she's her immune system's weak because she's a hundred years old. She's got to get that booster. Like, yeah. So let's just wipe her immune system out even more. And, you know, I see this in pets. I see pets get sick. Cause I look, I look at the timeline, you know, I, I look and see when did the pet get sick and when was its last set of vaccines? And very, very frequently, I would say probably at least 80% of the time, probably more like 85, 90% of the time, there's a correlation between vaccinations and onset of symptoms. So I know they are messing with dogs, especially these young puppies when, when I wouldn't, I, I just would never have a dog myself anymore that had a vaccine at like five or six weeks of age. I think it's permanently damaging. I really do really do. Cause like some of these, you know, chronic itchy skin dogs that just, just hard to get them well, just hard to get that inflammation down. And I think you, you disrupt a, a normal developing immune system at that early age. And I, I think sometimes it can't be fixed, you know, and then they end up on, you know, immunosuppressive drugs to help with the symptoms and then they get cancer. You know, that's, that's, that's really um, what happens. But I do believe that, that vaccines do suppress the immune system. Um, well, not and- just that, but look at everything else that's combined with that, Dr. Jasek. I mean, seriously, poor nutrition, antibiotics, um, all of the different, you know, things that they're giving the, the pets. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> yeah. I think anymore, honestly, and I, and I really believe this to be the truth, probably 90% of what I treat is a combination of poor nutrition and vaccine injury. And then 
other pharmaceuticals on top of that. But I think those are the two keys. They're not bodies, the, our pets' bodies are not supported nutritionally. And then we just so disrupt normal immune system function with, with all these vaccines. And I, I, I would bet anything if we, you know, fed dogs raw from the get-go, just get them started on it, species appropriate diet, what they're supposed to be eating. And we don't vaccinate. Let's do things like no so So we can still protect them. We can do it homeopathically. We don't have to be injecting all these toxins into our body. I would bet anything that 90% of the chronic illnesses we see would be gone. Be yeah. Gone. Because their bodies know how to stay healthy. And then you'd have some environmental stuff that might come in, but like toxins and, and things, but their bodies are going to be able to, to handle it I, with the poor nutrition and the vaccines and the pharmaceutical, and then all these other the preventatives, like the flea and tick and all these things, these neurotoxins that, that pets are given, their bodies don't have a chance of handling any other outside, you know, toxicity. So, you know, that no wonder our pets and people are like, why are so many pets getting cancer? I know exactly why so many pets are getting cancer. It's a no brainer. I know how to fix it, but you, you, you know, just takes time to get people on board and the profession, you know, the veterinary profession is just so, so brainwashed, so brainwashed into these prescription diets. And, um, you know, the vets just don't ask any questions that, you know, I, I will say though, is when I share this, I have a client that, um, she lives in Dallas and she came up here for a couple of weeks. We did ozone treatments on her dog and she went back and, um, she bought her own ozone equipment and, Two, she's seen a few vets in her area down there and she's asked two of her vets to call me and talk about ozone and get together. And I've talked to both of them and I was like, just really impressed. They were really just wanting to learn more. Like, how does this ozone stuff work? And, you know, what are the protocols? The one actually does ozone therapy and she's like, yeah, I've never given it IV, been too nervous to do that. So kind of talked her down off of that cliff and said, I've been doing this long time. This is how you do it. You'll be fine. You're not going to hurt the pets. But it was really refreshing to have two different veterinarians from two different types of practices too. They weren't even in the same practice come forward and say, Hey, tell me more about this. Cause this is interesting. And we've got this client, oops, we've got this client that is about that. We've got this client. Um, that's wanting us to learn more so that we can treat her pet. And this is a pretty persistent client. She's kind of hard to say no to. So she's probably a good one to be putting the bug in their ear. But I was still, it was still really refreshing to, to talk to these veterinarians that were actually interested in learning something new. The one was primarily a rehab vet. And she said, we're just trying to offer some of these alternative treatments because nobody else is doing it. And so, and so that tells me that... Is that your persistent customer? That's your, pers your persistent client? <laughs> my persistent fan or my persistent friend, potential spam. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who it was. I don't know why they had to call twice. Let me just turn that down there. Well, three times is the charm usually. So yeah, let's get rid of it. Okay. Good thing there's editing. <laughs> but I wonder how long their curiosity will last before they are slapped back into their cage and said, stop thinking. We will tell you what to think. Yeah, I don't know. That'll depend on them. You know, that, that will, it, it will depend on them. Um, 
you know, I, I could never be slapped back in once I started realizing, Hey, there's a different way to practice and we are not doing the the best we can by our pets and we need to be doing something different. And once I woke up to that, that like what we were doing was not only not helping, but was detrimental to our pets. I mean, there was no going back for me. So I don't really understand how practitioners can, can go back and forth, especially when they can talk to somebody like me, who's been doing this a long time. I mean, like the vet, I talked to one of these vets just yesterday and she's like, so does this stuff really work? Like, no, I just do it for fun. Right. But, but I think it was, you know, coming the the way she presented that it wasn't like a, like a criticism or anything. It was like, okay, if I'm going to talk to people about this, I just need the confidence that this stuff really works and I haven't done it in real life. And I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. And yes, it does work. I do see, I can't make guarantees, but we do see really, really great results. Yeah. And, and were they on board with raw feeding as well? You know, we didn't, did not talk. I didn't talk diet with either one of these. That's but, I kind of let them lead it. Like most of their questions revolved around the, the ozones, but I know this client feeds raw. So, um, well, he's been, uh, his appetite has been kind of coming and going. So we talked about, you know, that. I guess I did talk to her a bit about nutrition, mainly from the perspective of this is a client that went out and bought a whole ton of supplements and, you know, they, this vet had recommended scaling back on those. And um, I would agree that if they're not eating well, we need to get them eating well, get the gut good and stable. And then, um, and then we can start to start to reintroduce some things, but we did not have that conversation specifically. So I guess I'm not sure. Gotcha. But they seem pretty open-minded, so. Well, good. Good for them. Uh, we're we're going to uh, say bravo to them. But, you know, when we're talking about, Dr. Tracy, these immune-compromised people, because this had to do with immune-compromised people, that they couldn't feed a raw diet, I'm not sure that they really understand that, well, first of all, I would say, what bacteria are we worried about that might compromise your immune system? The majority of the people are going to say salmonella, right? Or E. coli. Well, let's talk about that for a second because salmonella is also in dry kibble. More often than not, it, they don't make a big deal out of it in the media. But if you look for dry kibble recalls, you're going to see a sphincter load of them. Okay. And then salmonella, we know, does not typically affect the animal eating it. Okay, it passes right through them and ends up in the stool. Okay, so people can get sick from salmonella in their own chicken, in their own kitchen, in their own bird baths, in their own bird feeders. But truly, if we just use good hygiene in and around food uh, and pick up poop in the backyard, then we don't see issues. And the question, you know, that I had for this pet parent, uh, well, one of the statements that he he said was, now he couldn't have done a lot of research because he just looked, okay? So you can, you know, go out there and Google it and find something that, that would be a negative response uh, about the raw diet. But what I said was, Um, And he said, I'm going to research uh, and I'm probably going to wait to feed raw until there are larger studies 
that show that it's safe. And I said, if you have large studies that show that it is unsafe, please forward those to us Mm -hmm. because our team is pretty uh, in-depth in their nutritional expertise. And we would love to read it if we're wrong, we're wrong. But to date, we haven't really seen substantial information backed up by scientific research that would show that a raw diet would compromise an immune compromised person. I mean, how in the world, Dr. Jasek does, do you even have a pet? Because they're going to lick their butts. They're going to eat poop. They're going to eat things off the ground and then they're going to lick you. So how do you have a pet? How do you have a pet that goes in and gets uh, the, the, poisons that we talk about all the time, the flea and tick and the heartworm and all that kind of stuff. And you're putting that on your pet or you're feeding them in those little, you know, chewable tablets. How how do you not get some of that on you if you're immune compromised? I mean, how do you walk in the world? How do you put your hands on a, on a shopping cart at the grocery store? How much bacteria do you think is there? A ton, a ton. Yeah. Everywhere. And, and, you know, if you listen to the Weston A. Price uh, Institute, you listen to Thomas Cowan, you listen to a lot of the people that we talk about. There are studies out there that show if you put an animal in a totally sterile environment, they will die. Yeah, right. And us too. You will die. You must have bacteria. So I think that there are uh, so many myths and and still so much fear mongering. Now, whether these vets and these doctors just haven't had time to really research, certainly I wouldn't take advice from somebody that doesn't even feed raw, that hasn't been around raw, that doesn't really deal with patients that feed raw, mm. right? And what is and what is immunocompromised too? How are they defining that? Because that's become a real buzzword. And when things become buzzwords in medicine, they're often used without anything substantial behind them. So, cause I have clients that will tell me that come in and, you know, and these are the ones that, you know, come in, you know, they're still wearing masks and, and, you know, they say, oh, I'm immunocompromised and, and all this. And I don't usually get into those discussions with them because I'm, I'm focused on the pet, but I hear that fear all the time. It's like, so what is that based on? Do, do you have a low white blood cell count or do you get sick a lot? Or, you know, what, what exactly is that based on? And is it legit? And I'm not saying it's not, but I think that's a very broad, um, like I said, buzzword these days that we have to be, you know, really careful about um, interpreting that. You know, another thing about meat too, um, I was telling you, I've been listening to Joel Soliton, who's a big um, permaculture guy. So permaculture and it stands for permanent agriculture. So it's about sustainably growing food and animals together in a sustainable, natural fashion. And he uses no chemicals on his farm. He's a huge farm, like, I don't know, I think a couple thousand acres in Virginia. He uses no chemicals, no pesticides, no herbicides, no chemical fertilizers. Everything is the poop. The, he talks a lot about poop, but he uses his animals manure and everything. And he does composting and all this. And his animals have no chemicals in them. They are not dewormed. Um, they're not vaccinated, nothing, no 
chemicals go in their body. And he said that um, he actually compared side by side chickens that he raised on his farm and he doesn't do any chemical processing and he was able to work around. He does his own uh, butchering. And I think he does like just a vinegar dip or something like that on the birds, but in the commercial meat industry, they um, use a chlorine or like, yeah, chlorine to dip the chickens in to kill bacteria. And they do a whole bunch. I can't remember how many said a whole bunch of dips in the, in the um, chlorine and those chickens dunked in the chlorine still had more bacteria than his did because they were so unhealthy to begin with. So looking at sourcing is super important. So and I, always, I do always tell people, I wouldn't suggest going to your local grocery store and buying meat and feeding it raw. And I, I do know people that do that, but I caution people about that be, because you just don't know that meat, I think could be potentially contaminated because you just don't know who's been handling it and they're planning on it being cooked. So, you know, there's, there is sometimes more bacteria on that meat though. I think a lot of dogs, if they're healthy can handle it, but I think, you know, the, the foods, the, the processed foods like that you guys sell, um, you know, these are intended for raw consumption. So those ingredients, you know, they come in fresh, they're frozen really fast and, and um, at really low temperatures. And there's just no way those are, those are getting contaminated. You know, people just have no idea how the system works, how things are processed and, and the, the differences. So if, you know, if you went to your local grocery store and bought three day old meat, man, yeah, might have some bacteria growing on it. But if it's, you know, freshly prepared pet food, I mean, I never, I never see pets getting sick from it. It just, just doesn't happen. Well, even if there is bacteria, that's probably safer than the colorings, the things that they do to True. it, the preservatives, all the different things that are put in there to make it look pretty so mm-hmm. that we buy it, you know, and that's the thing I do. Um, think that people are sold, you know, your dog needs deep, pretty stuff. And it's like, really? So when it kills something out in the wild, it's not very pretty. It isn't. Right. Not it pretty. Isn't for them though. It's, yeah, but it's not pretty. Not um, pretty. But yeah, it's just it, the, the craziness of, of the narratives that are out there. My mom, you know, they, they did get the schnorky, the schnauzer, your oh. <laughs> Or actually, they're going to pick it cute. up when they go home. Sounds so cute. she's joined a, a Facebook a schnorky group. And she was reading me some of the stuff this morning that these people were saying about their dogs with pancreatitis. So oh, their gosh. vets have encouraged them to feed them um, cooked chicken and rice. It's like, okay, that really seriously, people, that just does not work. You know, or they were doing the prescription diets. And, and, and actually, one lady did say... Uh, my dog has been on a prescription uh, science diet or science death, as we call it. Well, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, science, like it. Yeah, science diet. And uh, they were saying, you know, it's not really working. Uh, does anybody have any suggestions? Of which then all the plethora of bad information comes out. Oh, of course. And one, one, one said that they uh, were feeding uh, cooked chicken, um, rice broth, and milk bones and the dog is Ugh. great. Ugh. And I'm just like, uh, uh, okay. So anyway, it's, it's just, you know, you have to really look at, there are so many narratives out there. And I think if you're wanting to feed raw, you, you've really got to look at your uh, dog's gut biome when they start 
you know, there are a lot of people that call me and say, um, I've got three dogs. They all get the same thing. And one dog's not doing well and the other two are. And I'm like, well, every gut biome is different in yeah. humans and in pets. We don't have any idea how, how compromised the gut is. You know, I can't possibly know everything that's going in the dog's body. Um, but I can tell you from all of the, you know, years in the, I'm going to say hundreds of thousands of people now that feed raw and the allergies that have gone away, the, the poops that, you know, the digestive issues, the sloppy poops, and now they've got great poops in their eyes and their ears and their skin, you know, tumors that have gone down. I mean, come on, we're dealing with a lot of dogs every single year. And as you said, we're mostly fixing what the traditional uh, pet health industry has screwed up. Right. Right. And that's not always so easy. You know, I think people think, oh, I'm just going to switch to this raw diet, which is definitely good for their pet, but it doesn't just magically clear up all the chronic health conditions if they've been sick for a while either. It, it takes time and sometimes they require additional support because their bodies can be pretty messed up from all this you know, conventional wisdom. All right. So we have, um, so we want to just end on this uh, for that particular section. Um, We have the experts that can talk to you. If you have that fear about um, feeding a raw diet because you're immune compromised, get in touch with Dr. Jasek. Uh, There's Dr. Andy Harper. There's many, many of our experts out there that can help you uh, not buy into the fear. Okay. All right. So here is a question that we got from one of our listeners. She's an avid listener to the podcast, Dr. Jasek. It's uh, from AYSA. AYSA. How you say that? ASA? ASA? ASA. I hope I'm saying saying that right. How I'd say it. So anyway, she says that... um, She's learning a lot about her dog's physiology. She has a six-year-old Lhasa Maltese mix. So again, a small dog. She says she's dealing with a dysregulated appetite along with some major skin and ear issues. She would say that it's vaccine induced. Uh, This particular pup will eat only when stimulated to eat, even when it's dodgy. Okay. Uh, She refuses to eat breakfast and then throws up stomach acid. I've tried feeding her later in the evening to avoid that morning bile buildup. Some days she loves the fresh raw meat I prepare and other days she doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, I only do two meals per day and sometimes only one, depending on how picky she is. She was a kibble slash fresh pet wet dog food eater for most of her life. And an average meal uh, that she makes now for this particular picky dog who's having issues is beef steak chunks, steamed green beans, dehydrated beef liver, some broth, some plain Greek yogurt, egg yolk, and then she mixes in some omega supplements with enzymes and probiotics. And she's also giving her oxtails, which she enjoys. Um, she was wondering if there were any tricks to combat dysregulation for this dog, uh, her appetite. Um, so anyway, this is not one of my customers. Um, so I said, I really, 
don't, I can't speak to the food that you're giving. I can't really know what is going on and asked why she couldn't be on one of the blends, right? Mm -hmm. That has the, the everything mixed up. And the response was, I would love for her to be on a pure 80, 10, 10 diet, but she isn't quite there yet. So I'm not sure what that means. She said she lives in a small area. She has access to a fresh butcher, um, but she does, you know, mix in a lot of veggies, Greek yogurt, goat cheese, blueberries. And she says she's tried organ meats, but the dog wants nothing to do with raw organs. So anyway, um, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of things going into this pet and we got to get real basic. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That was my first thought is first of all, if she's adding in supplements and her omegas and all that stuff, just stop anything that's not medically necessary. So if the dog's on heart medication or something like that, you know, keep doing that. Um, but any supplements, because she's feeding a whole bunch of different stuff and it only just takes one thing in the food that, and that'll keep the dog from eating. And I know from having little dogs, they don't need a lot of food. And so it's really easy for them to be picky because they can eat a couple bites and then can get by on that. And like, ah, see what they offer me next. Cause I'm not crazy about this, but, but then the diet, I mean, I would like break down those ingredients and say, does my dog actually like to eat green beans? And, or if I just give straight meat, will the dog eat the meat? And if it will, then we need to change that, you know, change that formulation of what we're feeding. Cause she's adding a lot of stuff into the food. So yeah, I agree. I would just, I would get down to basics, just do a basic meat-based diet and see if, see if the dog eats that. And I always ask people that she, she is saying that she sometimes only feeds once a day, but, but oftentimes I find that when dogs have these quote unquote picky appetites, that people are offering them things all throughout the day. And and you have to stop doing that. I think you have to let the dog get good and hungry in between meals. And then they will tend to eat better. Cause especially the little dogs, you know, if they're if you know, I guess because a lot of people will, you know, get up in the morning, feed the dog, dog doesn't eat a couple hours later. They try to get him to eat again, a couple hours later, try to get him to eat again. And I was just waiting for the next best offer. They're not hungry. You know, and I look at the weights on these dogs. So somebody says, My dog's not eating. I look at their body condition and I've had people come in and tell me that and their dogs are overweight. Like, were your dog's eating something, you know, and people like, and this one case that people were so stressed because their dog just wouldn't eat. And it was like a 10 month old puppy. I think a, I think a doodle of some sort, but good size, maybe 50 pounds, 55 pounds, good size dog. Dog was overweight. Like you're telling me your dog's not eating but it's a 10 month old puppy, which should have a pretty high caloric demand and it's overweight. So clearly your dog is eating something, you know, um, and, but they're always all panicked about, it. we just can't handle this. We just, we just can't stand to like have our dog not eating. Well, if the dog was, they said that, and the dog was skin and bone, that would be different. But when they're overweight, then they're eating something. So I think we also have to look at the feeding routine and making sure that in between that one or two meals a day, the dog isn't getting a whole bunch of treats and other things that could be, you know, um, 
just it's just like it's just not getting hungry enough. Well, you look at a lot of trainers today. Um, they do the the treat training. Now we yeah. never we we just do not do that. It is command and boom. But I see a lot of it, and I see where the pet parents are carrying around treats for every little thing. Sit, here's a treat. Come, here's a treat. Lay down, here's a treat. Mm-hmm. You know, walk with me. Here's a treat, and you do that all day long that adds up that adds up oh yeah 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 it adds up and wow yeah i agree it's not very good very good training technique but you know i'm not a i'm not a not a training expert but yeah all those things do do add up and they'll just they'll hold out for for more treats if if you're going to give it to them the other thing um that i wanted to address in this particular email that said um on the 80 10, 10, she isn't quite there yet. I mm-hmm. am, am gathering from the rest of the email that she believes that the organ meets in the 80, 10, 10 uh, may not work. Now, I don't see that, but what I have seen, Dr. JC gives, we sell the one pound um, mix of organs, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's turkey organs, beef organs, we used to have a lot more today with everything burning down, we're finding things tougher to get, but here's the thing. So I had a a customer call me and he said, look, I want to return this turkey. My dog just won't eat it. So, you know, we always doing this for so long, you always look at their order. And, and um, I said, um, what, which one are we talking about here? Are we talking about the ones in the one pound packages? Yes. I said, that is pure organ, pure organ. And so I do see that many dogs will not just eat pure organs. Some will, but you know, there's a lot of iron in there. It has a very um, robust smell to it. And Mm -hmm. some dogs are just not going to sit down and eat a bowl of organs. And I wouldn't even advise Mm -hmm. that. Um, And in the 80-10-10 blends, there's only 10% organs. So I just want to make sure that when you guys are ordering, uh, it will say organs. And that is strictly organs, not, and it's going to have a very different consistency than a blend. It's going to be much more runny. You're probably going to have pancreas, kidney, liver in there. Um, So please don't confuse those. And um, when you're looking at and, and saying to yourself or making that assumption that your dog just doesn't like organs, maybe they just don't like a bowl of organs. Only, only organs. Yeah. 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 Same with, same with things like tripe. Like your dog may not want to eat a bowl of tripe, but it might eat some in there, you know, and so it's going to get the the benefit that way. But yeah, be careful not to do that. Those, those knee jerk assumptions that then hold for the rest of the dog's life. You know, I mean, I always tell people, but see, like, you try to feed your dog a certain blend and it just doesn't seem to like it. Well, maybe go back to feeding it the stuff it does like, and then try reintroducing it again. You know, maybe it was just a off day and didn't feel like eating that food that day. I don't know. Just like us, some days we don't feel like eating certain stuff, you know? Um, But it doesn't mean that that dog will never eat that blend ever for the rest of its life. You know, keep, keep trying to introduce different things. Yeah. And, and you're right. The whole, uh, my dog won't eat. Um, I, I wouldn't worry about it if they were acting fine, their body looked mm-hmm. fine. They were drinking water. Give them a moment, 
give them a couple of days, as, as you've said, let's see if their body is trying to work something out. Um, boy dogs can certainly stop eating when there's a female in heat somewhere around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there, ha, have they had recent flea and tick or heartworm or any kind of pharmaceuticals put into their body? Right. There, right. There's so many different things, but pet parents really do. They're like, my dog has got to eat, you know, and, and, you know, that I always think about that taste test, right. That they do. It's called the, you know, first taste test for kibble foods. Um, it, it, they put the stuff on it. So their dog will just eat it up. And if they eat it up, then the pet parents are like, Oh, I love it. You know, doesn't matter if it has B H A and B H T. Uh, right? Which are the preservatives in their chemical forms in the dry ingredients. Yeah. That's just awful. Awful to feed that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So get your dog over to Dr. Judy Jasek. Remember it's a private membership association. This is fabulous. This is good news for you, especially with things coming down the pike where maybe um, the health industry is going to be muzzled. Muzzled. That's a good uh, word for mm-hmm. our industry, isn't it? It's already uh, kind of getting that way now. It just, it seems like it's already going that direction. Now they're just making it official. So they can really make the doctors afraid of losing, losing their license. Now they make it a rule that if you speak out, oh, you're going to get, you know, silenced or you could lose your license. So just in case they might be thinking about, you know, saying something to their clients, it's actually true. Oh, don't go there. Just speak the agenda because otherwise you could lose your license. My feeling is you know, go ahead and take it because I'm going to speak my truth no matter what. And I'll just deal with the consequences. Yeah. And we're hoping that wherever you are, that you can find a vet that has that same uh, philosophy, ideology, and bravery, I would say that you do, Dr. Jasek. But if you can't find anyone in your area, you're in luck because you can Zoom with Dr. Judy Jasek. <laughs> All you have to do is go over and sign up. And on on your uh, form, does it say, do you want to do a Zoom call? Um, how, how do they? How do you decide you're going to do a Zoom consult? Oh, they can pick. So after they like sign up and fill out their intake form, then we have like a separate scheduling link, and they can go in there and and request their appointments there. That's so awesome. That's mm-hmm. so awesome. And I'm very excited about the possibilities of expanding your practice to help many more of us that have chosen to do things a different way. So that's very exciting. See, you just thought you were retiring. Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be bored. Come on. You'd be bored. No, I would not be bored. I, I can't, um, I can't fathom being bored. I, I don't even know. I, I maybe was bored last when I was maybe 12 years old or something. I don't know, but I can't imagine being bored, but, but yes, we were, we are going to work on seeing what we can do to keep, keep our services cooking along here. I love it. I love it. So get over to ahavet.com. Remember, you can also find Dr. Judy Jasek in my expert section. It's on the website, rawdogfoodandco.com in our learning center. So go there, get your dog on a species appropriate diet. You've at least got to get to that. If you have questions about yourself or somebody in your family being immune compromised, talk to um, one of our experts, certainly talk to Dr. Jasek about it. If you've got the research, we'd love to see it. We don't see it. I mean, we just don't see it. And you know, as far as 
pets that are immune compromised, Dr. Jason, think about that. You put all of your cancer patients uh, on a raw diet. Oh yeah. <laughs> you all know? the time. And so people would say, well, my, I mean, what are you going to feed your animal? What are you going to feed yourself if you're immune compromised? What I just, it's so, I want to say that. I want to say, well, what, what, what will you eat? Because lettuce, okay, lettuce, if we were going to talk about, well, we can't have any meat in the house because we might become immune compromised. Do you know how many times lettuce has, has been recalled for E. coli? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. All these things that, you know, anything you buy at the grocery store, you don't know who's been handling it or what it's contaminated with. There's been tons of recalls on produce, lettuce, cantaloupe, all sorts of things that they, they find are contaminated with bacteria because real living food is going to grow bacteria on it. And not all, I mean, yeah, we, we, we've got to set up an actual summit on bacteria, Dr. Jasek. Really, what what that looks like, what it means, um, bacteria and germs and all of that kind of stuff, because it is just so blown out of proportion. And I don't know, maybe we need to come up with a little testing kit that shows people just how much bacteria is actually in their house right now, and they're perfectly healthy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. All they got to do is they could buy a cheap microscope and you know just swab your kitchen counters. Probably swab, you could swab your kitchen counters after you clean your kitchen counters and you'll still see a ton of bacteria. Wow. That's a good, that's a good challenge. Let's get everybody, get out there, get your microscope. Let's start looking at these little boogers. All right. Yeah. Go to rawdogfoodandco.com. We can help you. If you're overwhelmed, hit that I'm overwhelmed button and uh, we will get it figured out for you, how much food you need. Yes, we ship. We ship all over. Uh, so just contact us today at rawdogfoodandco.com, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.